Okay, so this is a pretty nutty situation, and I haven't even read it yet. So, my wife gave away over $29,000 during a fraud call. Now, this was a post from a person from r slash personal finance on Reddit, which this, this is so crazy just from the title, but let's get into it and let's see if we can put some input into it. First, let me start by saying that was all the money we had. It's not like we are very wealthy. She is a social worker, and I am unemployed. We are both in our mid-twenties. It was years of savings gone in the matter of a few hours. So this is how it happened. She got a call during work from someone claiming to be an FBI agent that her identity had been stolen and was being used in Texas. Arizona, and Mexico for drug trafficking news and that the charges currently against her were very serious. She was told that they know she is innocent but need to prove it now or she could face a lot of jail time. She was convinced by a team of people including fake DEA agents, police officers, and attorneys that she needed to wire $17,000 to a secure FBI account so that the real criminal who is using her info can't get a hold of the money. They stayed on call with her in her headphones while she left work and went to the bank, the whole time telling her what lies to tell the bank because some of the workers there could possibly be working with the criminal. They then convinced her that Target works with SSD and refunds gift cards bought for the purpose of moving funds for the FBI. They got this poor innocent woman to go to different targets and buy over $12,000 in gift cards and send them pictures of the cards codes for verification. The entire time this was happening, they told her she can't let anyone know about this and to not text or call your family or else they could be viewed as accomplices and the FBI would have to investigate them too. She was told all the money would of course be reimbursed soon and that they were working with her to prove innocence. She came home after that and told me while leaving her phone in the car because they told her that her phone was under surveillance. Of course, I called the police immediately after she told me because it was an obvious scam and they were able to file a quick report, but I knew they wouldn't be able to get the money back. Our only hope of getting any of the money back was PNC, her bank, but leaving the store and somehow, some way, refunding the money. We got a letter from PNC that they cannot refund any of the money. Hopefully, by me posting this, it may save someone from making the same mistakes as my wife and saving them a lot of hardship. It's funny, too, that I used to work in information security. This stuff can happen to anyone. Always be wary of sending anyone money and never, ever believe someone asking for gift cards. And I 100% agree with this. So if you stumble upon this, feel free to give your thoughts. Like, this is such a depressing read. Because, like, okay... Funny enough, I'm reading this, right? And I think just a few days ago, Mark Rober, one of the coolest YouTubers ever, right? A super smart, intelligent dude. Basically created, you know, his like uh, 
glitter bomb thing to like help you know these fraud people and scammers and funny enough this is a very similar situation that he ended up uncovering because the way that these fraud things work they basically call thousands and thousands and thousands of people because all they need is one person one person out of the thousands and thousands of people that they call so basically like a 0.01% success rate right for them to actually be scared enough to act irrationally because imagine this like if someone's either like yelling at you or stressing you out you're already vulnerable you know you might be you know stressed out from like you know personal reasons right because obviously you know the husband right is unemployed that's a stressor they might be in a you know financial situation which could be a stressor someone might have passed away in their family which is a stressor all these different things which by the way these fraud people prey on all this adds up to basically her being in the most vulnerable state to being susceptible to this sort of situation right because you could be a very intelligent person and still fall for this just based off where you are in your life right now at the time of the call right and the way that this is basically set up right is almost impossible for either the cops the feds any government agency to be able to help these people out same thing with the banks it's very hard for them to help them out and the reason for that is because she went in there herself to her own bank got her own money right and then bought basically the equivalent of cash and then sent photos of a verification code so not even mailing it to like anything physical and someone could just buy like a prepaid or like a burner phone like 007 kind of style right and basically just get all this information transfer all that money from those gift cards into something or basically you know basically have like almost like a um, they could probably do like a payment processor like some sort of payment processor or just like buy things at like a local place transfer all that sort of information or the cash right and there you go they literally got twenty nine thousand dollars of cash okay that is the craziest thing that is the craziest thing to see and it also has you know the fact that she like wired seventeen thousand dollars to a secure fbi account right when you wire money to anything that money's gone right think of it as the same way as like okay let's put it this way let's say you were trying to buy a car right and so you decided to wire money to an account to buy the car right and someone you know told you hey put this exact address to where you're wiring well, if you end up putting in the wrong address, the wire information, right? And it goes someplace else to like somebody else's account. That person doesn't have to necessarily do anything. They could keep that money, 
right? They're not legally obligated to keep that, like to give it back to you because you literally sent it to them, right? It's literally like you giving $100 to your best friend, right? Your best friend doesn't have to give it back to you, right? It's like a literally $100 bill. And just because your best friend wasn't supposed to be the one that you know got it, he still got the $100 bill, right? It's left your hands. It's gone. Bam, right? So you might have a chance to get it back, but let's face facts. You probably won't. Even if you're best friends, you probably won't. So this is a this is a very scary situation. There's not a lot that these people can really do. Because they even talk to the bank and the bank can't do anything for them. Because again, most likely because she was literally the one that went into her own bank and withdrew the money. Right? Just because she got scammed doesn't mean the bank is responsible. That's the situation. And so I feel really bad for people in this situation. But to be frank, the only way out of this situation is to be like, okay... This happened. I understand this happened. We need to understand why, you know, we fell for this, right? Like the problem with this, right? The fact that she fell for this is the biggest issue. Not because, you know, she gave away money, but it's because now she is seen as a potential target of any other fraud organization. Because even Mark Rober covered this as well. But basically, once someone fell for one fraud scheme, that fraud organization, the original fraud organization, sells all that contact information to all the different fraud organizations that they know of for quick money, right? For who knows how much, right? So now she's probably going to get a call like every day or every week or every month or every time something emotional happens in her life. And the exact same thing can happen to her, right? Just because she fell for it once doesn't mean she's not going to fall for it again. Because it's actually more likely that she will fall for it again. And this is what's the scariest thing about this, right? Because I don't want them to fall for this again. I, I don't want them to be in a situation where they end up losing all their money again. Or even worse, go into debt and then give away that money, which could have very easily happened. Right, She could have easily been in a situation where she maxed out her credit cards or something and then sent the stuff and like basically maxed out her credit cards into gift cards or maxed out her credit cards into like literal cash, right? Took a loan on her cards for like max cash out of her credit cards and then mailed it somewhere, right? Like this is a very, very scary situation. But the only way that I could see them kind of like rebuild from this is obviously her working hard at her job, not hating herself in this situation because, hey, guess what? This situation happened, but it's not the end of the world, right? It's just going to be very annoying, and she's just going to have to deal with a lot of regret. But as long as she keeps her head up high, and as long as her husband stays with her and supports her and loves her and all that kind of stuff... She should be okay mentally and emotionally, right? It's not the end of the world. Now, for him, he has to find a job. There's like 
no ifs, ands, or buts. He has to find a, find a job, right? And that's literally doing anything. That's working construction. That's flipping burgers. That's, you know, taking people's trash out, like, from your neighborhood, right? That's just, like, cutting grass, which is like a push mower, right? It's literally doing anything that you can, as long as it's legal, to help your family out of the situation because you literally got no money, right? They have literally no money. And that's the only way I could really see someone get out of the situation, which luckily they didn't get into debt with this situation, but they literally just lost all of their cash that they saved up, right? So it could have been a lot worse. It could have been way worse. And I hope they like changed her phone number. I hope you know, they change her emails and all that kind of stuff as well because I really hope that she does not become another victim again because that's going to be a very scary situation. Now we're going to check out the comments and feel free to like, you know, read some of the comments that like other people can like talk about. But to me, this is a very scary situation. And if anyone ends up watching this on the 40 Inbox Personal Finance Stories channel thing, feel free to give your viewpoint as to what they could do or feel free to give your own viewpoint as to has this ever happened to you or someone that you know or heard about okay so let's see okay so cashier here they do in fact train us in how to identify these types of scams we have training videos calls meetings and at the store I work at, they have to have a manager for every gift card sale, no matter how small. That's pretty cool. Da, 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 da. Okay, side questions, but banks are typically very aware of these games and have been on the lookout for a while. I tried to withdraw a four-digit sum to pay a contractor in cash who is offering a cash discount, and I was asked if I'm comfortable with this and I've gotten any shady calls or text messages. Banks are looking out for themselves, too. I've had a friend get as far as going to an Apple store to buy $500 worth of gift cards and got stopped by the employees there. No one wants to be an accomplice or an enabler for fraud. I agree with that. Okay, let's see. My mom always does creative things for Christmas. This year, she wrapped up a bunch of gift cards for everyone in the family, kids and our spouses and all grandkids, in creative ways. Everybody got number our gift cards to various retailers, grocery stores, Amazon, etc. She told us afterwards that when she went to buy thousands of dollars of gift cards at the grocery store, the checkout clerk called the manager who came up to ask if she was being coerced into buying these gift cards. She had to explain in detail what her plans were, that she was not contacted by anyone, and that she doesn't need police involvement, and that she is aware of these types of scams before she was allowed to purchase them. She was grateful to for their concern they made sure she wasn't being scared and realized the optics of the situation without thinking about it beforehand she said if she ever does anything like this again she will talk with the manager before she checks out that's pretty cool da, 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 da. so i recently read an article where they were starting to train employees to look out for stuff like this western union as well takes two seconds to ask although i guess a lot of people would be embarrassed to admit it yep yep Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So I overheard a woman at the supermarket the other day who had her phone on speaker and was buying several gift cards as she was coached by a guy with a thick accent. 
One of my family friends was duped by a similar scam, and I tried to point out to her that no government agency takes iTunes gift cards as payment. Apparently, that caller already had their claws into her. Oh, man, that's, that is so depressing. Mind shouting at the grocery store who did this? Because seriously, good on the... Uh... Okay, so apparently this actually happened at Target. So this person says, I'm honestly surprised that Target let this happen. I'm pretty sure when I worked at Target, this was part of training. And when I worked at GameStop, the register would not let you make a purchase over a certain amount of just gift cards. It came up a couple of times around Christmas with people who had a bunch of nieces and nephews and wanted to get them each like $100 gift cards. This was four to five years ago. Okay. So this person had... I had a bank customer lose like $3,000 because it was all either cash purchases or authorized point-of-sale gift card purchases she made, all of which meant our fraud department had no grounds to pay her back for her losses. She had planned to pay her scammers $5,000 in total, but she ran up against our limit of daily debit card transactions before she could finish. Jesus Christ. Okay, so I had a similar situation buying $2,000 of Visa gift cards from Safeway to pay my taxes. The IRS payment processors do accept Visa gift cards as debit cards, but they obviously do not accept iTunes, Target, Walmart, etc. My local Walgreens limits customers to $500 of gift cards per day, no exceptions. Okay, yeah, so you should warn her about those auto warranty costs while the topic is high. Oh, Lord. So, yeah, this is another thing, and I get this a lot, right? So, if you receive calls within, within the first three seconds to say, hey, your auto warranty is about to expire, all right? One key red flag. One, you probably don't have an auto warranty. Two, if you have an auto warranty, it's probably from the car company that you bought it from. Three, no one's going to call you about your auto warranty from the place that you got it from. Period. Right? They're not going to do that. Period. Right? Because you'll find out about your warranty when you go in there to check to see whether or not you are covered. Right? Or if you actually go there and call them yourself. So that's something to keep in mind. And this person actually says, actually though, since she's now fallen for, be prepared for her to be called, texted, and emailed constantly. She's now on the scammers, will fall for the scam list, so she's going to be a target forever now. Yep. Yeah. See, this is the most depressing thing, right? Like, like the sad thing about this is like, what you can see from all these comments is like, Something over and over and over and over again. Okay, so this one says, Another scenario to be aware of. One random weekday while I was at work, I was receiving non-stop phone calls from an unknown number. If I picked up, no one answered. If I hung up, they'd immediately call again. 
This would prevent me from making any phone calls. While this was happening, someone called my house and my father picked up the phone. The person was telling them that I had been detained by the police and that I was committing fraud and was transferring money overseas. My father was worried, but luckily my wife was there to figure out what's going on. She called me at first, but it wouldn't go through since it was being blocked by the random number that kept calling me. Next, she messaged me through WhatsApp asking if I'm okay, to which I responded that I was, and that some weird number kept calling me. After we figured out what was going on, my wife took the phone from my dad and cursed those bastards to hell. Too long, did not read. If you're being bombarded by calls from some random number, check if your home spouse is being scam called. Yeah. Also, this person has a pretty good point. That sucks. Also, people should know that if the feds or local police really want to talk to you, they won't call, they'll knock. That most likely will be the case. Okay, so this other person says, make sure to take care of your wife. My significant other was inches away from walking through the finale of this game where they send you a check with extra money for startup costs that you then use to buy stuff for the business and then give it to Fence who is acting as a manager. But surprise, surprise, the check bounces and you're out thousands and all the stuff you bought, I caught it before we lost any money. But she was still shaken up about it and she felt really stupid for a long time afterwards because in retrospect, it's so obvious. Anyway, I can't even imagine how your wife feels or how you feel towards her right now. Probably some rough feelings. Just remember that money comes and goes, but quality relationships are even harder to come by. Even when financial thorns like this drive a wedge in what would otherwise be a great relationship. Good luck to you both and all of this. Now, I love that comment because that person has a really good point. And I mentioned this also with my advice. Like, you have to be very loving to your wife, right? Because anyone can fall for this. Anyone. It all depends on how weak are you at the very specific time that they call you, right? So just keep that in mind. Like, no one should, like, ridicule anyone in this situation because this can literally happen to anyone. So, ah, listen to this. It's the most important comment here. I know somebody who fell for something similar about two years ago, also out about $20,000, which wasn't as bad in relative terms as for you, but still a significant hit. She really hasn't been the same since. Her self-esteem plummeted, and she finds it extremely hard to trust anyone now. She makes a good living and is a pretty sharp person, so the fact that she fell for it hit her really hard. So hard that I imagine she's fully recovered financially, but she's far from okay mentally. Right now, you're out $29,000. It sucks big time, but it's only money. At the risk of reiterating a cliche, I hope your wife won't take it anywhere nearly as hard as my friend. But please take care of her so that your loss is limited to those $29,000 and not to someone who is dear to you hurting for a long time. Yes, you need to talk to her and figure out a way to keep your money safe and figure out why she fell for the scam. But all of that can be done gently, and while keeping in mind that she's likely quite shaken, good luck to you guys. See, I love this comment the most, right? Because again, this is this is basically exactly what I said. Because this is going to be hard on anyone. 
This is going to be hard on anyone, no matter how mentally strong you are, no matter how financially secure you are, other than just this cash, right? Like, for example, let's say that you are a doctor that has no debt and you're bringing in like $300,000 a year, right? And you fall for this and you wipe out your bank account. Okay, you can make that money back pretty easily, but it's still going to hit you super hard. Like, no matter who you are, no matter how strong you are, no matter how smart you think you are, and no matter how confident you are that you could smell BS, this situation will harm someone in a very severe way. Because this doesn't just, you know, obviously affect their bank account. This affects their self-esteem. This affects their mind in a situation where basically, let's say that like, let's put it this way. Let's say you decide to live a healthier life, right? So, you know, you didn't like the way that you looked in the mirror one day. So you're like, okay, I want to go work out every single day. I want to eat healthy every single day, right? So for like the next six months, you're dedicated to that, right? For the next six months after that, you're even more dedicated to that, right? Now you're like, you know, the size that you want. You can fit in any clothes that you want and all this other stuff, right? But you end up eating a cake, right? And you end up binge eating that cake, right? So not just one slice, you, you end up eating the whole cake, right? And then you get onto this situation where, okay, you were so mentally strong that you got basically the body that you wanted and the time frame that you wanted, but you felt so bad from cheating on basically your diet from your like health plan that it mentally destroys you to the point where you cause a binge eating session which then causes you to completely lose all the progress that you've made in the past year just because of the tiny screw-up of the first slice of cake, right? Now, obviously, that's a very different scenario, but at the same time, this is a similar situation where people can make one mistake, and instead of just, like, fixing it after that one mistake, they end up going down this massive downhill spiral right where it gets to a very dangerous situation because i don't know what her mental state is before this and i don't know what her mental state is now from this and the problem that i see is that nowadays specifically more in the female realm suicide is reaching really high numbers so I'm very worried that she might be in a situation where mentally she might think that that's an option, right? Where she thinks that she might not be good enough to keep going on. Now, that sounds very drastic, but you got to think about it. This was all of their money, right? So she might think that she's actually worthless. She might think that she, you know, can't survive anymore, right? Like, I don't know what she's thinking about. Nor does, you know, basically her husband. I hope they're having very good communication about this because this is a very potentially life-threatening situation, which is why I'm so disturbed about these fraud organizations 
doing things like this because like now I understand they're criminals, but you're literally endangering someone's life by doing this. Like you're like this is like more than just like a greed aspect. Like this is like such a like a whole nother level where like you literally don't care about someone's life. That's what disturbs me the most about this sort of situation. Okay, so another person says, also for anyone else reading this, a federal agent from any agency will never call you on the phone about something like this and ask for evidence or money. If they call you, it will be set up a time and location for an in-person interview. If they can't get in touch with you or over the phone to schedule an appointment, then they will send someone to your residence or place of work to speak with you in person. Sensitive conversations related to investigations will never happen over the phone. Okay, so this happened to my uncle about a decade ago. Fortunately, he was he wised up at the last minute. He was pirating music and got one of those auto locks claiming to be federal charges from the NSA and provided a phone number. He calls the number. The guy on the other end of the line tells him that in order to have the charges dismissed, he'd have to go to his local Walgreens and pay them off in iTunes gift cards. He didn't live near Walgreens and asked if Rite Aid would be okay. The fake NSA agent said, no, it has to be Walgreens. At that point, he knew something didn't feel right and hung up on the call. Then called the Apple store where they told him it was an obvious scam. It's so crazy to me that he could have been out of thousands of dollars if he lived within three hours of a Walgreens. Let's see. This other person says, I don't know why people think that you can pay for official transactions with gift cards. I am surprised that someone so young could be taken in by this. It isn't the responsibility of the store or cashiers, but I think I would have told her to not do it. Another person says, I'm sorry, but this is not on the retailer. You can't expect them to account for every new kind of fraud shows up. People need some sort of education in high school on how to deal with money in the real world. There's so many red flags in this story that it baffles me how a person doesn't stop for a second to realize what they are doing. I guess if this wasn't obvious before, anytime somebody calls you out of the blue proclaiming to be a law enforcement or a government agency, ask them for an official number where you can call and enter their extension or speak to an operator to contact you, to connect you always. And I agree with parts of what this person said. Yes, the education system needs to have some sort of focus when it comes to personal finance, right? Because a lot of people get out of high school and even college and they're in the real world and they literally know nothing about finances. They literally know nothing about even how to write a check, right? Like, I learned how to write a check when I was like a kid to pay for a pizza, right? Because I remember it, Actually, very clearly, because it was like I was like a very, very young kid, and my mom was like, "Hey, yeah, you know, just go pay for the pizza, right?" Because you know she was like, she had to go out and do something, or she was like working or something. And the crazy thing about it was like, well, like I told her because you know I'm like I don't know how old I was. I was super young, and she was like, I told her I was like, "How am I going to pay for the pizza?" <laughs> And she's like, isn't there, like, money over there for the pizza? Didn't, like, I leave money for the pizza? And she's like, no, there's, like, literally nothing. <laughs> right? She's like, oh, crap. Okay. Uh, uh, there's a checkbook 
in here, over here, you need a pen, and uh, look up how to write a check, right? And do it for like 20 bucks or something, right? And I was like, okay, I think I could do that. So I spent like five minutes trying to like research how to like write a check, and there's like this weird old school, very bad graphic simulation or, you know, like simulator of like writing a check, right? And that's how I learned how to write a check when I was a kid by like Google searching how to write a check so that I could pay for a pizza that was like 20 bucks plus, you know, like the tip thing and all that kind of stuff, right? Because for some reason at this time, you could actually pay for a pizza and a check, which was crazy. But yeah, there needs to be way more, like, people just need to be better with money, right? People need to learn more about money, how to manage money, how to spend money, how to invest money, be careful of frauds. Like, people need to be careful with all of this. So feel free to give your thoughts if you end up checking this out. This is kind of like a long one. But I thought this was something worthwhile to talk about because it's shocking how common this actually is and like i said this is simply a numbers game right they just need like 0.01 percent of the thousands and thousands and thousands of phone calls that they make right like another good example of this right is now this isn't a fraud thing but it is a way that a lot of people can make a good living doing anything, right? So like if you want to like sell a product online, right? Like for like a, like a legitimate business, not like a fraud situation. If you want to like sell something online, it's a numbers game, right? There's only so many people that will say no to you before you get one person to take the chance and say yes to you, right? It's just a numbers game. So that's why you might be wondering like, why do they keep doing this, right? Because you know, You've gotten these calls before. You knew it was a fraud, right? Like, you must be thinking, like, well, why does this make sense? Or, like, how can they keep doing this and make money, right? This is why. Because they only need, like, one person like this to end up sending so much money that it counteracts all this other stuff, right? For example, if I want to create an ad to sell a digital product, right? I can spend a certain amount of money to get a certain amount of people coming in and I only need one to two people to buy the product at a certain price point for me to basically print money, right? Like that's the way like people sell products online now. Like any online business, any like business that sells things online, whether it be like ebooks, you know, whether it be guides, whether it be music, whether it be anything, right? If you end up selling things at a certain price point and you get a certain amount of people coming in, well, depending on how many people come in, you only need a certain percentage of people to, to come in and buy something for you to actually make a profit, which means you could just repeat the process over and over and over again. Like a good example, like if you have a high ticket product that you want to sell for like, you know, you just want to start like a side hustle or online business, right? You could basically have a hundred people. You could like spend, let's use this example. You could basically have run an ad, right? For like $5 per day or something like that, right? Or let's just say it takes five 
dollars to get one lead, which is someone that comes into your, like your email list or like says like, oh, I want to learn more about this sort of thing, right? A good example is like literally just go to the first link in the description of this episode to basically see what I'm talking about, right? Like something called like a lead magnet, right? You could create something like that. If it costs like $5 per lead or per sign up for someone to get into that, well, let's just say that you are, you spend like, let's see, you spend 500 bucks to get 100 people into your email list, right? Well, you only need one person from the 100 people to buy like a $1,000 product for you to end up making a profit, which means you can repeat the process again so that you can make profit again, right? So you just keep on doing that process over and over and over again. So basically, this is why you can see some of those like digital marketers online where you see their ads everywhere. You're like, my goodness, like, why do I see their ads everywhere, right? It's because they could, like, if they get their ads right, if they get everything right, they could end up spending $1 and make $2 back or spend $1 and get $4 back on the grand scale, right? So you could literally have some of these guys spending, like, a million dollars per month, right? But they're making back $3 million profit, $4 million profit. Depending on some of them, they could actually make like $10 million profit per month, right? So that's the thing that you got to really think about. It's like some of the ways that people end up, like, like the process, like this business process that these guys are, like these fraud guys are doing is technically not a bad process, right? Like the system of it where they call thousands and thousands and thousands of people and then try to get someone to buy something or basically give them money, right? That process works in every business, right? The problem is they do such shady and disgusting and abusive things to people that it's just it's just so horrible, right? Because they're not selling something and someone's willing like willingly buying something from them. They're literally convincing people or stressing people out or forcing people out or you know like manipulating people to give them all of their money for nothing. That's literally the thing. Like they're literally scamming them and frauding them out of all of their money. Like they're not selling a product, they're not selling a service. They're just straight up scamming people. And this is like I said, a super scary thing. But uh yeah. Stay tuned for more episodes about personal finance because, again, the podcast is going to be about, you know, everything money-related. So, like, money news, even money, personal finance stories. Everything's going to be focused on trying to help you manage your money better. If you want to learn how to make money online, feel free to go down below and learn how to make money online. If you want to learn how to master your money, we're going to have personal finance courses in the future where... We're literally going to teach you how to master your money because this is like a situation that I want people to avoid, right? I want people to not have to like deal with a situation like this, right? Because no one should be in a situation where they get screwed over like this, like ever, right? Like ever. So feel free to stay tuned for more. It's just seeing this is just 
so hard to see because you know that this could happen to a family member of yours, right? You may not want to admit it, but this can easily happen to a family member of yours. And I'm so scared for like family members if they end up getting dementia or like Alzheimer's. Oh my God. Like that is going to be such a scary situation for anyone. It's like, I don't know. It's just so predatory.